0: Grass a podcast. We are your hosts, Carrie We and Kelly McVeigh, and this is the weekly roundup. Um, Yeah. Okay. So let's let's get into this conversation about my insecurities because whoa, they came out last week.
1: Okay, I'm so excited to talk about this because they're all remember as we start talking about this, just strengths, weaknesses, insecurities, and it's about being vulnerable, right? To even talk about this stuff. So. Uh, why don't you start, Carrie, and talking about what started? Because you and I actually had a friendship phone call conversation about this. And we, mm-hmm. were, we came to the conclusion like, oh, my gosh, let's save this. This is a topic yeah. that people deal with and think
0: about all the time. People deal with very competent people within their jobs. Like, I have been in this job for so long. You know, Allie said, lead with vul- vulnerability. I've never heard, number one, I've never heard heard somebody say that to me, which I think is genius. Number two, how many male CEOs would say that? Yeah. (laughs) How many many. male leaders, politicians would say that? I feel like if women ran the world, we'd be a much peaceful, more open society, able to deal with our feelings. Because, you know, men usually act out and like, you know, oh, I'm such a man, I can't show my vulnerability and really everybody has them so basically what happened is I was on a job last week Uh, it was a music video and it was one of these things where the communication wasn't very good in the first place so there was a lot of question marks from the like the job standpoint but when I got into the job basically all of my insecurities about my main quote-unquote weakness just like came to the surface so fast which is like my strength because I don't know. I just have this like belief, whether it's right or wrong, it's like 90% right, 10% eh, that you have to have like a base amount of strength to be an aerialist, like just a base amount. And what I consider that to be is Like you should be easily able to do like a straight arm straddle, which I'll tell you what that is, Kelly. It's like, imagine hanging on a rope just with your arms and your whole body is long, like straight arms and your toes are reaching towards the ground to be able to do a full inversion from that position. And that is a really hard, that's something that I'll work on my whole life. And sometimes I have it and sometimes I don't, especially after the baby was born. I don't have it right now. So I'm in rehearsal, and the partner that they matched me with for this rehearsal, that is her strength. Yeah. Like, if they asked us to do dancey dancey stuff, she'd be like, whoa. You know, she'd feel the same way I felt. But, you know, she's like, she's beyond strong. So I just felt like I was behind the ball, that I was chasing a little bit. You know what I'm saying? Yes. Yes, And. Yeah. And I came home that night and I had to talk to Kelly for another reason. So we got on the phone and I was like, oh, my God, I am. I feel so insecure right now. And it grabbed me by the balls. I was so insecure that day. It was crazy. I was like, you know, it's like all my confidence just went out the door.
1: And you it was stuck in your head. You knew it was stuck in your head. Yeah. Like I was Um, spinning
0: on it and I couldn't easily stop, which is why I was trying to like talk myself down off of it and then like brush it off of me, you know?
1: Yeah. And (laughs) because you were insecure in the moment, you shared with me, too. I mean, all the players, rehearsal, all the things, but um, you also were in this space where you felt unsure or not like you didn't speak up and say it either. Which yeah. may be good too in some ways. So we can. Yeah, talk about like life.
0: I, yeah, I didn't, I didn't say anything in the rehearsal because I just was kind of fighting in my own brain. Um, and with with dancing, if I was on the dance end of the job, because there were dancers on this music video as well, hired out through another choreographer, I would go. I go into a different part of my head where I start feeling that way about my ability to remember choreography and like just messing up. Like if it's not, if I don't do choreography perfect over and over and over, I just feel like I've totally failed and that I shouldn't even be there. I mean, this is after 20 years of doing it.
1: I know this is so interesting because you, we were just talking about an, another little side project and cause that's who you and I are. And I was like, listen, I feel a little bit like fish out of water, unsure. And you were like, oh my gosh, we've got this, whatever. Um, And it's interesting to me because you are a professional dancer doing the dream that you get in your head in that way. But I also think you're a perfectionist.
0: I don't know who put that in my head that I can't ever make a mistake ever. Probably my parents, to be honest.
1: (laughs) (laughs) I know. I do think um, this is interesting. I'm just randomly saying this. You, You can cut this out even if you need to. But do you think... We were both raised Catholic, mm-hmm. and, and I do come back to sometimes, because I do always have this like guilt thing for sure if I don't do the right thing, or I, um, I just was having this conversation with someone a couple of days ago that I felt like I wanted everyone to know that I am doing the right thing, and, and she was kind of saying like, well, you know that you are, so why are you saying saying that out loud. And I'm like, well, I want them to know that I'm doing the right thing. And she's like, why do you care if they know that you're doing the right thing? And I feel like sometimes I tie that back into um, just my upbringing and being Catholic and you know confession and all the works. Do you feel like that at all from a perfectionist standpoint or not related at all?
0: You know, in my household, it was kind of like I was at in Catholic school because the school was, my parents wanted me to be in private school. But the religion part, they weren't so concerned about. They it's that's from my Chinese stuff. Yeah, yeah, I'm pretty sure that's more cultural on the my you know my background, not necessarily the religious upbringing. I'm sure it came into it because I think that that um, idea that you're talking about was for sure in school because I was in the Catholic school too. You were not. I was not. I was not. Yeah. So I got both of it, but like maybe one from school and the other from my parents. But my goal in a job is to never get a note. You know, like when you're in your job and you never want to get like notes from your boss. Yeah. My goal is to never get a note. Now, okay, I'm sure people could understand that, but why isn't my goal to have fun? Why isn't my goal to perform? Why isn't my goal to kill it? You know what I'm saying?
1: Well, I think that you and I both, I don't think there, I don't think it's everyone that is wired like the way that you and I are to do a podcast, to do a side project, to be a full-time aerialist, to have, we, you and I are I, I mean, I think lots of people have passions and things that they jump into, but I think you and I are also wired to be a little extra here and there, which is maybe full circle goes back to why we are constantly doing all the things and think we need to do a good job at them.
0: I, yeah, I, I agree with that, but also I think that it's a mistake for me to go in there and just not want to get a note that's coming, that's coming from a defensive A defensive standpoint and fear, not an offensive standpoint. Like if your goal is to kill the choreography and to convince people that they should look at you, that's a very different posture than my goal is never to make a mistake.
1: Yeah, I yeah. Now, here's the thing about that. So you are someone that can never doesn't want to make any mistakes. I almost think that I can be on the flip side where I feel like I make mistakes constantly. And instead of me, so you go into a situation not saying like, Hey, listen, you know, that's not my strength. I don't have as much upper body strength. So, you know, I I don't know that that's, I would say it, I would say it out loud, but I say it on the other end too much where I say that's not my strong suit. I'm not amazing at doing that. I, I say too much where I actually do add value probably in some scenarios and I come in from a weaker standpoint and saying like, no, no, I'm not as organized in that way or I'm not as detailed or I don't look re- at reports in that way. We're actually, I'm looking at reports all the time, but I'm constantly not giving value to what I have to offer. And do you know what I'm trying yeah, to say? Yeah, I,
0: I do. Yeah, so I wouldn't vocalize it, but then I'm just in my head worried about, what their strength is compared to mine, but I'm not thinking, oh, we haven't even started to do flexible stuff, or we haven't even started, to, you know, to really perform this. Because when it comes to really performing this, you know, in the air, like that's my that's my thing. I don't know, I don't know, I don't know what's I don't know which way is worse because I feel like both of those kind of suck.
1: <laughs> like to be honest, I spoke to you the night before you went to the actual performance. It was after rehearsal, but how did you go in then into performing? Like, did you feel confident? Did you fake it till you make it? Did like, I need to know the end of the story because I talked to you the night before where you were feeling uneasy. You weren't sure. How did you show up the next
0: day? Okay, so I got my, I got my head around it by that night. Which is great. So I got my head around it and it was one of those situations where my call time was 9am and I, they didn't actually have me do anything till 8pm. Oh my gosh. (laughs) But can I tell you, my, my, my little bean was at her auntie's house. Yeah. I had actually drove from the Valley. You guys don't know how far this is from the Valley all the way to Orange County at six o'clock in the morning to drop her off because Asa was already at work. Dropped her off with her auntie and then battled through traffic to downtown to get to a 9 a.m. call time. So you can imagine when they tell me when I get there, have some breakfast. There's a good chance we won't use you till after lunch. I was like, awesome. (laughs) So I just crawled him back in my car and took a nap right oh my god yeah I crawled back in my car took a nap by the way I didn't realize in my Honda Civic I can like put the chair back all the way and completely flatten out that's new information so (laughs) I took a nap and and then I had like a really chill lunch and I talked with my partner all day and by the time I don't know five o'clock rolled around they put us in hair and makeup so for me on that particular day it was so chill because I didn't have a toddler asking me for something every five minutes Yeah, I didn't have any responsibilities. And that's one great thing about being on a job for one day. Like all my other responsibilities can kind of evaporate. Uh, Kelly and I have other projects going on and that work didn't get done that day. But I was like,
1: I'll do it tomorrow, which I did. When I had toddlers, I was very much um, still at a work environment and office. So, you know, you really don't have... um, I don't want to make this sound negative because I love being a mom and I know you love being a mom, but you don't have any moments to breathe, probably, really.
0: No. And you know what is actually more problematic is that I c- never go to sleep when I'm tired. I go to sleep when she's tired. Okay. <laughs> So that day I went to sleep when I was tired. I was like, oh, my God, this is so luxurious. (laughs) This is like, what is this? This gift, right? And Asa travels for his work and he travels because we bought a house in Delaware. And, you know, he's working his butt off, but at least he gets to go to sleep when he's tired. Yes. You know, I also don't want to be traveling on red eyes two weekends a month to take care of stuff that both of us need to work on. He's just doing it. So it all gets split up. But the day was great for me because normally I'd be like, oh my God, I'm just sitting around. But I had Wi-Fi, I had my computer, I had my yoga mat, I had my car to sleep in. I was chilling. And so when we started to... Rehearse, by the way, I have not rehearse, but perform it f- for camera. There's two things that happened that were like, if you're an area aerialist, it's like sabotage almost, but they didn't mean to sabotage us. So instead of buying regular aerial silks, they bought high-stretch aerial silks. Okay. So imagine you tried to climb silks in my class that one time. Imagine if that was like a rubber band. Yeah. Nightmare. <laughs> nightmare. Uh it it's also fine because we worked, you know, it's like we we knew that morning that they had bought those silks and we had to an extra element to deal with. And then costuming, of course, because they don't think of our functionality. They put us in like head-to-toe lycra, like shiny lycra oh unitards. Oh, my gosh. So you're just sliding. You're just sliding down.
1: Now, you're like, I don't know if you're allowed, but can you tell a little bit more like what the what kind of project it was? Because we didn't even I know that. But can you share with the listeners? Yeah. So it's this
0: YouTube star. Her name's Alma Lake. She's this diva of a Latina girl. And she was just doing this music video. I don't know exactly the format it's going to come out in. Okay. But like her and uh, me and Kate, my partner, basically flanking her throne on silks, and there's dancers on the ground around us as well. Okay, I love this. Yeah, it's great. And and Kelly, when I got there, like the Carrie that I know and love came out, and I was totally fine. It's interesting yeah. because sometimes it happens the opposite way where the, show, where, the, where the show day or the shooting day, I'm a mess in my head and the rehearsals uh, are fine. This yeah. time was just flipped. It was just flipped for whatever reason. You know, the postpartum stuff, like my pelvis is still, like I, I just finished my physical therapy like a month ago. Yeah. So my body is not, and I'm not talking about what it looks like, I have a little mom pooch, but no one can really, no one's really looking at it. No one can really tell. So that's not what really was bothering me. It was my strength and my ability to move my body the way I want to. But then I have to say, Kelly, in another world, let's just say I was stronger right now. I probably would have turned it into that. Like that insecurity just would have gone somewhere else. It would have been like, oh, they see my mom pooch. They're going to notice. And when you have no boobs and a mom pooch, it's like everything's sticking out the wrong way. Oh my god! Just slightly. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Yeah. Like when you have no boobs, you kind of have to be skinny. I kind of. I think that you're pretty skinny. No. Listen,
1: your body's body's
0: in different places. I just had like a whole podcast with a woman like who's a ballerina and an aerialist talking about eating disorders and body dysmorphia. Like... You and I are in a mirror every for our whole lives. Yeah. It's a mess. It messes with your head. I really wish that. um, I don't know. Sometimes I think dance studios shouldn't have mirrors. Sometimes I, you know what I'm saying?
1: Two things. One, I don't teach dance in the summer, typically. And I always find that I gain a little bit of weight in the summer. And it's a weird time to gain weight because summer is kind of the time that you're outdoors more. I feel like you're a little bit more active. Um, I'm generalizing. I think for anyone that's questioning, I'm generalizing, but I think you're a little more active. You're at the pool, whatever. And I gain a little bit more weight in the summer. And I believe it's because I am not at the dance studio. And I think when you show up at a dance studio and you're in, in a leotard and tights, leggings, whatever, in, in front of a mirror for five hours, once a week, or 10 hours or whatever, that you zone in on it more. I think as women, we're always prone to be harder on ourselves. And I agree, I think that I, I'm in a space right now too where I feel like, every five or six years, your body metabolism I find things change and you do all the things, but all of a sudden you have this extra like four or five and you have, you're doing all the things you used to, but you have to figure out what to do differently or how to adjust. And I'm in that space right now. I mean, listen, we're getting older, 45. I just said, listen again, uh, 45. But I am in the space right now where I can't figure out how to get rid of this five pounds. But I find that when I... I'm fine. Like you and I are both amazing and gorgeous and doing all the things and who cares in in life in general. But it is true that when you're in front of that mirror a lot, you think about it, I think.
0: I am pretty sure that if I ever open a studio that I will put up curtains that can go over the mirrors to take them away sometimes. Because sometimes you don't need it. Sometimes yeah. you do, especially in ballet, where you're looking at your alignment. And your hips are need to be even. Yoga, I use the mirror a lot to make sure that I'm in alignment. But sometimes
1: you just need to feel the movement. So you that's it. I'll say too that I think is interesting. I want to know your perspective. So, um, and not right or wrong. There's no right or wrong, but especially in ballet when you teach within a studio and in a lot of studios it's black tights pink leotard or pink tights black leotard uh hair in a bun and obviously that's so that you can see lines i think that ballet is more structured i think even doing that gives it a little bit of a discipline base but I love going to New York City and going to the Broadway Dance Center and you go into a ballet class and you see people with puffy vests on and big, huge sweatpants and they are professional. You can tell from the way they walk in to how what they're doing in class that they are professional dancers. And I think there is something to be said about feeling comfortable And what you're wearing. And I think sometimes people perform better when they're comfortable with what they're wearing. So there's part of me that feels that way. And then there's a second part of me that feels um, that Sheila Barker, you might know Sheila Barker. Mm -hmm. Yeah, you talked about her before I've taken from from her. Broadway Dance Center, Sheila always says, like, no, strip it all down. I want you to feel comfortable in your skin. I want you to feel comfortable with what you bring to the table. I want you to feel comfortable with everything, regardless of um, height, size, whatever. And there's something freeing about that, too, that she's like, no, I want to see your body because you're a dancer and your body is your greatest um, instrument gift. And represent it and celebrate it and don't overthink it.
0: No, I mean, it's it's a challenge. And if you, I, I try really hard not to have these conversations with non-dancers. Not to say it shouldn't be for our audience to listen to, but I don't want other people in the world to think that their body, I, I don't want it to be like, oh, Carrie thinks she's fat when I'm not. And then other people are dealing with other things
1: that are, you know, bigger or yeah, maybe listen, more we, important. I just said, listen again, Carrie, we it's just, okay. we just started this podcast talking about the fact, oh no, that was a different podcast. And <laughs> one of our podcasts today, we talked in an in intro about the fact that you have no boobs. So yeah, yeah, like, yeah, did,
0: the no boobs, the bra that we were getting fit for, there was no bra size for me. You know, it's like yeah, everybody's maybe. body is so different, but it is a real thing. It's a real thing to grow up in a mirror, comparing yourself to other people's bodies, and it gets in your head. And it's a real psychological thing. And whether or not it's extreme or not extreme, it's there. Every yeah. dancer I know who's an adult has a bit of body dysmorphia, where they look in a mirror and they don't see what other people see. Yeah, and it's I, a thing. I get that? It's a yeah. thing, and. I feel like, I mean, gymnasts might have it. Other people who are kind of in that same, had that same experience. But I'm trying to figure out as, as like, a you know, in my mid forties, can you believe? Mid forties, trying to figure out how, how to put these things aside, accept what I'm not strong at. And of course, keep on working at them, but let them be. And what? then really celebrate the things that I am strong at. I have not figured this out yet, Kelly. Yeah. I want to figure it out because why am I doing that to myself over a stupid music video? Yeah. Right. And then also I'm in my mid forties and I'm in a stupid music video. (laughs) Like I just got paid a good chunk of money to do this. Everyone was happy. You know, directors happy. Choreographers are happy. I, I was very capable of this. What I did to myself mentally during the process was not necessary. Yeah. So Ooh. I don't know. I don't know the answer, but I'm definitely wanting to work on it. And I want to share it because I know that I'm not the only person. And it, you don't have to be a dancer or an aerialist. Anything, anything you do, I think this comes into play.
1: Right. Yeah. Okay. I love this whole conversation because I do think it's, I think it's top of mind for a lot of people always, um, whether they want to talk about it or not, talk about it and really full circle back to the whole strengths and weaknesses. I think with all things, there is a balance of it. It's true that it always comes back to being centered and finding a balance of both things, because I think I should show up to things and not say like, I don't know how to do this. I'm not sure about this. That's not really my strength. I should come in knowing that I do have abilities that sometimes I I'm fearful more and I should just jump in with both feet and be a little braver. And I feel like same with you in the sense that I think a, it's okay for you to speak up and say, you know, wow, we both have some amazing strengths and these are mine. We should join forces to bring what we both bring to the table, but also just letting go of the perfectionist in you and And, you know, just celebrating what what you do and all the accomplishments accomplishments you have. I mean, damn, you were just in a music video.
0: Yeah, I'm kind of I don't want to be too hard on myself, but I'm kind of disappointed in myself that my brain went there so easily so quickly. You know, like. I would hope that, like, I don't know if, if the younger me knew that the 44 year old me was still doing this to myself, I'd be pretty like, are you kidding me? But you've done all this stuff. Like, why do you feel that way still? I don't know. Because, you know, I feel like I should somehow be good at everything. And, like, that question of, like, what are your strengths and weaknesses is, like, you know, they ask you that at every point in your life. Like, no one's good at everything. Yeah. Yeah. Right. So I don't know. It's it's a work in progress because I certainly and this is part of it, you know, talking about it's part of it because, it, you know, it's like I know it's there and I got to work on it because I don't want to do that to myself and I don't want to model that for my daughter.
1: Yeah. Um, no, I totally agree. And we, you and I should dive into this more Um in general, because I do think it's just something that's out there and a topic, especially for women. So, you know, I think we could have several conversations about this. Um, and I love that we have each other to kind of help, you know, figure that out for each other. Cause I definitely know there's moments that I need to lean on you and just earlier when I was like, Hey, I feel like a fish out of water here. Like I know that I'm probably not, but I, I, Need a little more confidence from you, um, and I hope that I can do that for you too. The night before you go, music <laughs> video. <laughs>
0: yeah, yeah. I, I just, you know, it's like I'm focused on the freaking wrong thing, to be honest. Um, but the great thing for the listeners is that in the next month we have two amazing interviews with just like badass women. Yes. And those are the type of interviews which I'm editing now. They just give you that bump, you know, like if you're having that type of day where you're feeling that way. Listening to those type of women say, I know that I'm not perfect. I'm so scared of what I'm about to do, but I'm doing it and I already did it. You know, it's like it helps. It helps a lot. Yeah all right guys thanks so much for tuning in we are sending newsletters out every other week and if you would like to get this newsletter that has more info on us and on our guests and just quick links to things that you could check out yourself go ahead and subscribe in the show notes Find us on Instagram at Grand Rev Creative or on Twitter at Grass underscore podcast. Honor us by leaving a five star rating and a review anywhere you get your podcast. It really helps to bring us up in the ratings so that other people can organically find us. It really helps. Please do us that favor. Thank you so much to Asa Watkins for post production and, uh, Thanks so much for being here. Next week, we have a guest and we're so excited to share that with you. Have a wonderful week. This is Greener Grass.